Christmas, everybody. Welcome. My name is Matt Keller, and I am the lead pastor here at Next Level Church. And I just want to say welcome. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Christmas holiday uh, with us. We are just honored that you would be here with us on Christmas Eve to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And we just, we love that. And I just want you to know, I love Christmas time. Like, this is one of my favorite times of the year. I, I love the, the crescendo that is the Christmas season. It, it doesn't it feel like the entire month of December is just this buildup, this build, this build, this build, this build of just, just, just day after day after day as it builds up to the one night of Christmas Eve. That, that it's like the, uh, the craziness, the hecticness, the, the, the shopping, the franticness, the chaos that is Christmas. I love that it's building and it's building and it's building up to that one night. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was Christmas shopping at the mall and uh, got done, or, or not done, but I wanted to take a break. So I went to a coffee shop. And I just wanted to take a little break and get something to drink. So I, I sat down at a chair next to the window there in the mall in this coffee shop. And as I was checking my phone and drinking coffee, I couldn't help but look out the window. And it just at the pure chaos and franticness going on outside. So, you know, here I am sitting in this coffee shop and, you know, people are just every which way, just dodging each other near misses, just babies crying, kids flying. Like it was crazy. At one point, ironically enough, uh, the, on the music on the speakers in the coffee shop were playing the Boston Pops version of the song Sleigh Ride. And I just thought, how appropriate, right? That that is the Christmas season. It's this dizzying season like a dancer doing the tango on Dancing with the Stars. Like, like it's just chaos like that. And then, in one night, everything changes. In one night, Christmas Eve. This world that was crazy and hectic and chaotic in one night becomes peaceful, still, quiet, even intimate. One night changes everything. And see, the world we live in today is similar in a lot of ways to the world that Jesus entered so many thousand years ago on that first Christmas night. Just before the birth of Jesus, the world was a world in chaos. It was a world of unrest. It was a world full of strong-handed authorities, a world focused on all of the wrong priorities. It was a world full of, of, of tension. It was a world in crescendo. Just before Jesus came to this earth on that first Christmas, it was a world in waiting, a world waiting for hope and a leader a world waiting for assistance and guidance and direction. It was a world waiting for freedom. Truly, the world Jesus entered that first Christmas night was a world in crescendo. But then, in one night, everything changed. One night changed the world forever. But see, it wasn't an accident that Jesus came and changed the world in one night. It was actually a convergence of a whole number of different pieces or elements that had to come together. The, the divine timing of God, the willingness of a young, engaged couple, the birth of a child, not to mention the, the, the existence of, of some, some unassuming, unsuspecting shepherds who were minding their own business on a hillside. See, all of those elements had to converge in this one night in order for Jesus to change the world. But in order for us to truly grasp the magnitude of 
this one night that changed the world, we have to rewind the tape nine months to a moment in time where a young teenage girl has an encounter with, of all things, an angel. We find the story in Luke chapter 1. And the Bible begins in verse 26 by saying this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words, I would imagine, and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you were to call him Jesus. And then the angel begins to describe this one, this Jesus, who would change the world forever. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house, the descendants of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Imagine being Mary. Imagine how overwhelmed she must have felt, this young, innocent, teenage girl, having this encounter with this this angel. Imagine how frightened. Imagine how, how scared, how concerned. Imagine how fragile. Imagine the weight of her choice. To embrace it is to change the world. To reject it is to have a normal life. One choice, Mary's choice, change the world forever.
was faced with a choice. But in the story of one night that would change the world, we quickly discover that Mary wasn't the only one with a choice. Joseph, too, had a choice. After all, it was his fiance who was pregnant. We find Joseph's perspective, his story in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, starting in verse 18. It says, Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived of her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And in that moment, Joseph was faced with a choice as well. I mean, think about what was at stake for him. His fiance's pregnant, and, and, and she's claiming it's not his. He's claiming it's not his. Public disgrace, suspicion, a, a, a tarnished reputation for sure. An unplanned pregnancy, uh, parenthood before he was ready. Not to mention the pressure of raising God's kid. I mean, I have two boys at home, and I'm telling you, like, I feel so much pressure just trying to raise my two boys. I can't imagine trying to raise God's son. Man. And at this point, most people would have just walked away. I mean, seriously. It, it, it's, it's just too much. It's, it's all just overwhelming. But Joseph didn't walk away. Instead, he chose to take Mary as his wife. He didn't walk away, and instead he chose to forego a honeymoon. And he chose instead to make preparations for a child, the Christ child. And for the next nine months, that's what they did. They planned for a baby. And that's when we pick up the story in Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, and specifically to, to Bethlehem, the town of of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available to them. On this one night, that changed the world, enter the main character. Enter Jesus, the one who would change the world. But 
This one who had changed the world, did you notice? He, he didn't come in a palace or with some royal fanfare. He didn't come in some over-the-top way. No, he came in, in a way that would shock our modern world. I mean, for real, think about it. Like, if Jesus came today, there'd be a press conference. There'd be, you know, countdown to Jesus apps on our phones. People be making t-shirts. There'd be a, a Facebook fan page. I mean, on Twitter, there'd be like a hashtag, right? Like, pound, baby Jesus cometh. I don't know. But it sure wouldn't look like it looked back then. See, when God wanted to change the world, that's not how he chose to come. He chose to find a barn full of animals in an out-of-the-way place called Bethlehem. And he chose to change the world from there. And when God chose to announce this birth, he chose the most unlikely of candidates. He chose shepherds. Verse 8 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, I would imagine. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And then the angel tells the shepherds, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So imagine that. Imagine these, these shepherds are, are there taking care of their sheep, you know, doing their thing, watching, making sure all the sheep, you know, get put down for the night and are asleep and, and, and just kind of doing their deal, just working their job. And then all of a sudden this angel shows up and like interrupts their peaceful little existence. And it's like, hey, I got good news, not just for you guys, but for all the people, for the whole world. And this one angel shows up and then... It's, it's as if, like, like, God can't even hold it in any longer. And instead of one angel being there, all of a sudden, an entire army of angels just floods the sky. Look at verse 13. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This army of angels just shows up on this hillside that night and these angels are just shouting at the top of their lungs like God is freaking out on these shepherds just announcing the birth of this one who would change the world finally the one who would change the world has come at last fallen broken sinful mankind will have redemption and forgiveness Finally, relationship will be restored between God and man. And verse 15 tells us what the shepherds did. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. This was their chance, and they took it. This was their one moment in time. 
They had been given a front row seat on a night that would change the world, and they weren't about to pass it up. And I love this. And you know why? Because notice, notice who God chose to let in on this good news. He chose regular, average people just like you and just like me. It, it wasn't the big dog officials of the day. It wasn't the celebrities or the religious guys. On the night that changed the world, God chose to let people just like you and me have the best seats in the house or, or, or barn. The shepherds were given a chance, a chance to experience God in a way they never had before. And they took it. Verse 16, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby that was lying in the manger.
one night change the world forever. One choice, one child, one chance, one moment in time changed everything. And see, we've been given a choice this Christmas season as well, a choice about a child. And I want to give each one of us a chance to respond to this child like like the shepherds did, like the shepherds responded. Because see, this child grew and became a man and lived for 33 years, the Bible says, a perfect sinless life. And then was put to death on a cross, not because of anything he had done wrong, but because of what we have done wrong. See, because we fall in sinful, average, broken humanity, have sinned, we're imperfect. Because of that, the Bible makes it clear that you and I are separated from God. And so God so loved us that he looked down from heaven upon us, his most prized possession, humanity. And he saw this distance, this chasm between us, and it just was not okay. And so he did the only thing he knew how to do to solve this sin problem. He sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross, to to pay the price, to, to make payment, not for his sin, but for ours, so that you and I could know what it is to have this distance closed, to have this chasm, this divide brought together, so that you and I, fallen, sinful, broken, average humanity, could know what it is to be in relationship with God. That is the message of Christmas. That's why Jesus came. That's why one night changed the world forever. So here's what I want us to do. This Christmas, I want to give us a chance to respond like the shepherds did. And maybe you're here tonight and you've come in and maybe, you know, a friend invited you or a coworker. And I mean, hopefully your coworkers are friends, but whatever. Maybe a family member, a classmate, maybe you just saw a bunch of cars turning in and you're like, I don't know, this is what we're doing. You're like, I don't even know what's going on. Welcome. Glad you're here. My name is Matt. I'm your friend. I'm here to help. I'll help you find your way out. Uh, for whatever reason, maybe, maybe you've come in and, and you, you, you don't really do the whole religion thing. Like, I get that. And maybe the whole God thing is kind of a far off, far off deal. And for whatever set of circumstances... You found your way into this place tonight. I don't think that's an accident. See, I think maybe, just maybe, this God who loves us so much has ordered your steps and my steps to be in this place tonight. And maybe you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never put your faith in Christ, if you will. You've never come across that line of faith in your heart that says, God, I I just acknowledge that I'm a sinner, that I'm imperfect, that when left to my own devices, I go my own way, I make my own choices, and they don't ever lead me where I think they should go. And you find yourself separated from God, not in relationship with God. Or maybe... You're in this place tonight and you have come across that line in the past and you remember back to another season of your life. 
another moment in time where you and God were close, but the stuff of life, the seasons of life, the cares of this life, the stresses of life, poor choices, whatever, have brought us to a place tonight where we, we feel like there's distance, that you can relate to what I'm talking about. Here's, here's the greatest news of Christmas. Ready? God is only a prayer away. The closeness with God, intimacy with God, relationship with God is as close as a prayer. In other words, if we'll take one step in his direction, he'll take like 999 in ours. And so I want to give us an opportunity, just as the shepherds did, to take a step in his direction tonight. If you're here and you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus, I'm, listen, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. or That's, that's just not who we are. I mean, that's just, we're just not going to do that. This is, a, this is a personal moment between you and, and God. If you've never crossed that line of faith in your heart, you can do that tonight. And I, I want to give you a chance. I want to lead us in a prayer to, 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 to do. In other words, I'll put the words in your mouth. How's that sound? So here, let's do this. For the, for the intimacy of this moment, can we just bow our heads all across this room, just wherever we're at, if you're in overflow, watching somewhere, whatever, just in whatever environment you're in, just, would you just bow your head with me? Maybe close your eyes even. If that's you, if you want to say yes to a relationship with Jesus, or if you know you want that distance to be closed, that gap to be closed, would you just slip your hand up right now? One, two, three. Come on, just across this room. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. Front to the back. Others, thank you. Awesome. Once you put it up, you can put it back down. Others of you, you just say, Matt, that's me, man. Include me in. I want to be in on that prayer. Fantastic. Anybody else? You just thank you. Parents, if kids are responding, that's cool. That's great. You never know when, it, when God can make himself real to a young heart. Uh, young or old, God wants to make himself real to us this Christmas. Anybody else? You just slip your hand. Matt, include me in. Man, when you pray, I, I, I got to get in on that. I want to put my faith in Christ tonight. I can't think of a better way to celebrate Christmas than drawing near to the one that Christmas is all about. Is there anyone else who just slipped? Awesome, thank you. So here's what I want us to do. I want all of us to pray. Whether we lifted our hand or not, I want to give all of us a chance to just pray a, a Christmas dedication prayer. And if you did lift your hand, if you, if you want that gap to be closed, if you want to be in relationship, come across that line of faith with Jesus Christ, then it's not the words we pray necessarily as much as it is what, what God is doing in your heart. And so pray these words with all your heart. Can, will you just, let me just, I'll say a phrase and then you just repeat it back. How's that sound? Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming to this earth, dying on a cross so my sin could be forgiven. I invite you into my life. I accept you as my savior. I, tell you, I, I want you to be number one in my life. I say yes to a relationship with you this Christmas. In your name I pray. Amen. Here's the incredible thing. The Bible says that when we come across that line, when we put our faith in, in Christ, that we, we become a new creation. In other words, the Bible makes it clear that, that God puts his Holy Spirit inside of us. And, and, and suddenly, 
the Bible says old things are passed away and everything becomes new. So here's what that means. That means that this moment, this night, has the power to change our worlds forever. Isn't that incredible? Matter of fact, you know what? If, if, you, if you came across that line of faith, it, it, when you came in, you were handed a bulletin. If you fold that all the way out, there's a connection card on the right side. It's the part that's perforated. It tears off. Down at the bottom of that, there's a little bo- two little boxes that say, I, I just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, and I just rededicated my life. We would love in the next week or two to, to send you something, some more information on what it means to follow Jesus and what it means to be in relationship with him. That would just be our, our, the best thing for us. That if we could just, we would love to help you continue to make sense of what it means to truly put our faith in Jesus Christ and be in relationship with him. So if you would, between now and the time you leave the building tonight, fill out that card and check one of those boxes and then either drop it in an offering bucket or give it to someone down front or someone who looks like they know what they're doing or someone at the information center out in the foyer. We would love to just be able to track back with you uh, and connect with you. We won't bother you. We just want to provide a little bit more information on what it means to say yes to relationship with Jesus Christ. See, one night changed the world. One silent night change the world forever. And I'm so excited that this night, so many of our worlds have been changed forever as well. Let's continue to worship.